You're listening to the Fayetteville 411 podcast produced by the City of Fayetteville, where you'll get information about city government and the programs and services we provide. You'll get topics of interest and an inside look into the various departments that help keep our city moving. I'm Sherry Crop. And I'm John Salling. Thanks for listening in to the Fayetteville 411 podcast. This podcast is just one way that the city shares information with our residents. And today, Sherry and I have invited members of our police department and the Phoenix Center to talk about the services and systems in place to help people in domestic violence situations. We're joined today by Detective Frida and Matt Kelly with the Phoenix Center. How are you gentlemen doing? I'm doing well this morning. Good. Doing good. Good to hear. All right. Uh, and today we're kind of raising awareness some for uh, the work that our police are doing with uh, the Phoenix Center here. Uh, what does your center do, Matt? So we do a multitude of things. Um, we are a victim advocacy agency. We're a nonprofit. So um, things with domestic violence that we help with, um, we help e-file for domestic violence protective orders where they can come to our office versus going to the courthouse. Um, they can bring pets in, children, and they have an advocate that will go over paperwork with them and help them understand exactly what it is that they're filling out. And depending upon their situation, just multitude of different services, whether it be an individualized safety plan, uh, if they haven't reported it to law enforcement and they would like to report to law enforcement, then we contact law enforcement for them to come to our office to take the report and kind of go from there. Well, Detective Frieda, let's talk about your partnership that you have with the Phoenix Center. Um, previously, we have uh, partnered with the Phoenix Center, and most of it has been in a referral form um, from either patrol officers, detectives, or any other advocates. Um, more of word of mouth. Uh, more recently, in March of 2023, we began uh, providing bi-weekly reports to the Phoenix Center that include any report that is checked as domestic violence. So it has a wide range from uh, property crimes to violent crimes um, in which victims are the victims of domestic violence. They provide um, contact information for that victim to the Phoenix Center for them to make calls and uh, reach out for contact so they, they are aware of these uh, resources um, on a more consistent basis. Um, we have thousands of domestic violence calls or reports that are generated every year and each one of those victims, we work with the Phoenix Center in order for the advocacy to be provided to them. And how many uh, cases have ended up being referred to the Phoenix Center so far here? Uh, we're up to a little over 1,800, um, and we still have an, another month to go. And that's over what period of time? Um, from the beginning of this, of March of wow. last year. Yeah. That's a lot. Every single one of those we... We call and reach out to them, um, let them know the reason for our call is because they were referred to us by Fayetteville Police Department for services. Let them know what those services are and, and how we can help if, if they want to. Not everybody wants to do anything, but those that are, we're here for. And uh, give us some examples of the types of services that are provided. And I know it depends on um, the situations. All the situations are a little bit different. Some can be more severe. Well, we can help them file for a domestic violence protective order from our office. Um, we do individualized safety planning with them, um, regardless of whether they're planning on leaving the relationship or staying in that relationship, because we know that 
uh, in domestic violence. Not everybody is in a position where they have what they need to be able to leave that relationship. So we try to help them stay safe while they're in that relationship. Mm -hmm. um, we also can have people that are trained and able to do um, address confidentiality through the state of North Carolina where mm -hmm. we can send that off for them as well to kind of help try to hide them in plain sight where they can change the address on driver's license, bills, things like that, try to remove their name and current address from social media platform. So you're kind of like a one-stop shop, um, giving them the resources that they need to take care of all of these things and get out of that bad situation. For the most part, yes. And uh, some of the things that we may not have in-house, like uh, we don't have an in-house counselor, but we do mm -hmm. refer out to a couple of agencies that we have vetted um, for counseling and, and other things. So if we don't have it, we may know of another agency in the community that might be able to help and provide that information. Uh, detective, uh, so if they started in March, what did we do before? Um, prior to March, there was, um, it was mostly word of mouth. Um, detectives or, or patrol officers or advocates within the police department were aware of their services and referred them. Um, now it's more standardized with them receiving those biweekly reports. Um, previously, um, before the domestic violence unit was a unit, um, it was more of a reactive response as we would essentially wait for something to happen before we were providing those resources. Um, since the inception of the unit, um, which was actually reestablished in June of 2023, um, we review each and every DV case that comes through, ensure that everything is being done correctly. Um, if any charges need to be upgraded, anything from the law enforcement standpoint, um, we kind of cross our T's and dot our I's. Um, tracking of repeat offenders, um, that's a, another huge part of our case is, is being able to understand who the prolific DV offenders, offenders are in the city um, and in the surrounding area. Um, providing assistance to the prosecution process, um, sometimes court can be pretty daunting and being able to um, expect um, the unexpected or, or know what is coming up in court um, is very powerful. Um, a resource for legal information. Um, some victims aren't very um, aware of the legal systems or how long it takes to go to trial or who may contact you from the DA's office, the district attorney's office. Um, we review thousands of criminal histories every year to determine if any people um, listed as an offender on a case uh, qualify for habitual charges. Um, we assist a p patrol with any questions that they may have for applicable charges, resources, or what may be available to that, that victim at that time. Um, we also conduct countywide DV training that's done monthly. Um, representatives from Spring Lake, Hope Mills, um, Cumberland County Sheriff's Office, multiple advocacy programs, um, the Phoenix Center, um, and varied levels of command attend those DV training where we talk about a wide range of things from variations of charges, um, maybe what characteristics upgrade to a felony, new charges, uh, changes in general statute, um, things along those lines. Um, so it's, it's more proactive than reactive, um, trying to avoid the escalation um, before it gets to the level of aggravated assault 
or or homicide or robbery or these these violent crimes um we can't force anybody i think everything that we do in this this realm of law enforcement is victim-based so it we provide them with the information but i think making those connections um is huge for victim to be aware that there's other options they're not necessarily forced into any of those options but there are options and with your experience working um, with domestic violence cases, what do you see their reason for staying and not getting out of the relationship or the bad situation that they're in? I think there's a there's a multitude of reasons. I mean, numerous. Uh, there's there's monetary issues. There's uh, length of time. There's codependency. Children. Um, isolation. Um, there's quite honestly, there's a million reasons. Um, the issues that we have, um, and I think society has, is we we look at a situation and we say, I would, um, but we're not relative to that situation. We don't, we don't understand what's, all of the facets of what's going on. Um, so I think it's, it's very situational dependent on why people stay in those situations. Mm-hmm. Um, and also those situations may not be relevant to somebody else, but they're relevant to that person. Um, and there are resources to address each one of those, those issues. Um, it's about making that connection between that victim and that resource, um, or empowering them or letting them know. Um, and it may take multiple contacts, um, to do that, to make them aware of those resources that are available and then taking advantage and advantage of those resources. Um, Mm -hmm to better their outcomes. Right, because I would imagine that that is the case with a lot of the victims. They just don't feel like that there's any way out, mm-hmm. and they, they're not aware of the resources that are available to them. So this is a great service that you're providing. Definitely. And uh, we started in March. Now we're in January. Uh, after one year of this, uh, what have we learned? Are we doing anything different? or From March, I would say, until the, until the end of the year, it was really... Um, working out some some issues within the system that we were applying, um, bad phone numbers, bad contact information, um, stretching resources to address um, specific incidents. So we may have an incident that occurs in a week that we've never dealt with something like that. So um, utilizing contacts within different agencies um, between different advocacy programs, um, resource centers, um, there's a lot of different options, and I think we continue to add towards that. We've added some some resources, or the Phoenix Center has added some resources for accommodations. Um, we have a domestic violence shelter. These these things working out the relationships between us and those organizations just streamlines it for the victim. Because obviously, in a DV incident, if that victim wants help now. We need to be able to provide as much as we can right now Um, because if there's a delay in that, then we we have the issue of reestablishing contact with the offender or um, them asserting control or power over the situation. So if we have uh, someone that's listening that's in a domestic violence situation, who should their first call be to? Can they reach directly out to the Phoenix Center or should the first call be to the police department? They can definitely reach directly out to the Phoenix Center. Um, Our phone number is 910-485-7273, 
and we are located at 519 Ramsey Street, right next to the Regency Inn Hotel. Do you have a web address? Um, we do have a website. They can go on Google and just search the Phoenix Center, and, and that'll pop up, and that'll give them a, not only our contact information, but also a list of different things that we can do to help or different resources that are out there that are available for them. But we definitely want to encourage them to call the police department if they're in a, a dangerous situation. Definitely, definitely. I think the situation dictates who that first call might be. Mm -hmm. um, safety is, is paramount. So, so if, if it's a, a, an ongoing issue or is becoming violent in any way, um, we want that first call to be no, to 911 um, just to ensure that everybody's safe. Um, now, there are a multitude of ways of contacting 911. We can do it through text. We can do it through calls. Um, also, if you call 911 and disconnect the line, um, there's technology that allows us to, to find that location and send an officer to that location to attempt to locate that caller. Um, we call them 911 abandoned calls. Um, but first and foremost is if you feel like you're unsafe at any time, to give 911 a call, um, especially in domestic violence situations that escalate very quickly. Um, an argument can turn into a physical altercation very quickly. A lot of people try to deal with it on their own, um, whereas calling law enforcement before it gets to that level, um, we may avoid somebody getting in trouble um, or avoid somebody being injured. Um, now, if there's a lot of situations where um, Victims may see the warning signs that aren't necessarily criminal, right? So isolation from friends and family, um, monetary control, um, threats of harming themselves uh, as an offender. There, there's a lot of different things that domestic violence offenders utilize to gain control of a situation um, that may show up as a red flag to friends and family or the victim themselves, um, but aren't necessarily criminal. Those, those things, although not criminal, um, we still make contact with law enforcement. You can find out what your options may be. And also um, going direct with the Phoenix Center would be very effective as well. Uh, any points that you want to make sure get covered on this or get out to people that maybe we haven't touched on yet? I would say for the Phoenix Center, one of the big things is probably to let everybody know that um, we're here to help uh, regardless of whether you want to involve law enforcement or not. Um, it does for us it, to receive services doesn't require that you're participating with any type of criminal investigation or law enforcement. Um, we're just wanting you to get the help that you need. And we're here from the beginning to the end um, as long as they would like us to participate and, and help them through it. We're, we're here for them. And do you follow up on um, some of the cases or um, people that have been through the Phoenix? Um, yeah, I, I will go to court a lot of times with uh, victims. Um, a lot of felony charges take a, a hot minute to get up to superior mm -hmm. court and actually be prosecuted if they're not pled out. Um, but I with the victims that keep in contact with me or, or don't uh, fall off, um, definitely. 
and follow it all the way through. So, Mr. Kelly, do you have any success stories that come to mind uh, whenever we talk about people that have received services from the Phoenix Center? Uh, yes, ma'am. There's one definitely that comes to mind, uh, a young lady who was in a domestic, physically abusive relationship um, for five-plus years, uh, came to us. We helped her with the domestic violence protective order. There were also criminal charges that ultimately ended up being dismissed, but she got the protective order. Um, we were able to help her get to a location where he did not know where she was, and now she is has a child um, in a new relationship that is thriving and has actually stopped by just to thank us. That's so good to hear. It's so awesome hear. when stuff like that happens, yeah. And your contact number, again, is? 910-485-7273, and we're located at 519 Ramsey Street. Our, our hours are Monday through Friday from 8 to 5 in the office, and that phone number is not only the office number, but it's also our 24-7 crisis line that's available. If you have any questions at 2 o'clock in the morning you're having an issue, you need to talk to someone, feel free to give us a call. Well, thank you so much, and we really appreciate both of you being on the show today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. That wraps it up for this episode of the Fayetteville 411. The Fayetteville 411 is one of several podcasts that the city produces for our podcast channel, Radio Fayetteville, as we provide timely and informative updates every week on a variety of topics related to the city of Fayetteville. Be sure to subscribe to Radio Fayetteville on Apple iTunes, the iTunes podcast app, as well as the Google Play Music podcast portal. You can also listen to every podcast that Radio Fayetteville has to offer by downloading the Fay TV streaming app available now on Roku, Apple TV, Android TV, and Amazon Fire TV. You can view all of our video content by visiting FayTV.net. And to get information about city services, go to our webpage at FayettevilleNC.gov. Thanks for joining us.